I'm Debbie Manning. For those of you who don't know me, I work here with Patty and Matt and Christian and part of this wonderful crew of people. And we're starting our Advent series tonight, The Risk of Birth. It was a beautiful uh, video that Matt put together. And as only God would have it, I have a perfect picture to start the night off with because we talk about this idea that there's no good time for a birth. So my daughter Annie, and I don't know, Patty, if you can flip that picture up here. Many of you know Annie. There she is with her glasses. She grew up with her cousin Molly, 20 days apart, and they're like sisters. They're actually soul sisters. And Molly lives in North Carolina, and she's having her first baby, and her biggest desire was to have Annie there to help her with the delivery. Last night at 11 o'clock, Steve and I got a phone call, and Annie had just gotten a call from Molly, and Molly's water had broken. She's like, this is not a great time for birth. She's in the middle of med school and busy stuff, and she's got all this stuff going on this week. But there's always a time for the birth of love. And at 5 a.m., she hopped on a plane, and she's there with Molly's sister, Jess, waiting for the birth of that baby. What a beautiful thing. What a beautiful gift that she gets to be part of that. Thank you, Patty. But we are in the start of our Advent series And I was doing a lot of thinking about Advent, about this idea of waiting, of expectation, of what it means to be in Advent. And I was thinking about the idea of God with us, incarnation. And we always hold that like it's this beautiful thing, and it absolutely is this beautiful thing. But it's a little bit terrifying, too, if we think about it. God with us. It shatters anything that makes sense to us in this world. The most powerful born to the most poor. A virgin gets pregnant. A virgin, a marginalized girl from Nazareth, poor and alone, with this baffling voice telling her that she is going to carry the coming Messiah. You have to imagine that for Mary, that was the undoing of anything she ever understood or knew. A complete change in her life from that moment on. And that's why I think incarnation is a messy kind of business. And as I've thought about what it means to wait and to want, to wonder at the coming of Christ, what struck me is the mystery and the magnitude and the messiness of how the incarnation changes everything for us. And that's what we get to hold together this season. We get to hold together this tenderness and we also get to hold together a little bit of something that's uncertain and maybe a little bit terrifying as we celebrate this season, this season of unknowing. So we're in the Advent series that we're obviously calling The Risk of Birth. And this is what Madeline LaEngle says. This is no time for a child to be born with the earth betrayed by war and hate and a comet slashing the sky to warn that time runs out and the sun burns late. That was no time for a child to be born. In a land in the crushing grip of Rome, honor and truth were trampled by scorn, yet here did the Savior make his home. When is the time for love to be born? The inn is full on the planet Earth, And by comet, the sky is torn, yet love still takes the risk of birth. 
She wrote that in 1973, and it's still as powerful and moving today as it was then. And I don't know about you all, but that's not the kind of Christmas and Advent that I grew up in. It's not the Christmas of fuzzy sheep and humble shepherds, the Christmas of caroling and cookies and presents. And don't get me wrong, I love all that part of Advent. It's fun. It's beautiful. But this is not the Christmas that allows us to sit back in our comfortable couches holding a cup of eggnog. This is the Christmas that asks something of us. This is the Christmas that invites us into a story. And it's a story of radical risk and courage and impossible hope. A simple and miraculous story of a birth in a time and place of fear and danger. And it was no time for a child to be born. His family homeless, his mother barely 13 years old, his, fa his father confused and upset. His ancestral lands under Roman occupation and the hopes of an entire nation were on his tiny shoulders. But here's the beauty of the story we'll be in tonight. A girl takes the risk of saying yes, and it changes everything. And we're going to be following that girl, Mary, throughout our Advent series. And tonight I'll be in Luke. And Luke starts out with the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. And Zechariah is an elderly priest, respected. And his wife, Elizabeth, elderly as well. And they could never have children. And in this beginning story, the angel Gabriel comes to Zechariah and he tells him that his wife will become pregnant with who will be John the Baptist. And we pick it up in Luke 1, 26 through 39. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at, these words, at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. The kingdom will never end. And how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who, said, she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. So we have Mary, this young, dark-skinned peasant born in a time and place 
where there was no personal choice for her. She was born into poverty, unable to read and write, and she probably began working from the time she could walk, carrying water and doing domestic chores. And her life in Galilee would have been under Roman occupation, and it would have been a time of uprisings. It would have been harsh. They would have crushed any of the people with their military might. And Mary's people, they were taxed and they were humiliated. And if there were any revolutionaries who dared to defy the powers that be, they were crucified. That was no time for a child to be born. You know, when I was reading this account, it occurred to me so often I've been taught... um, about what a beautiful account it is, and it certainly is, and we see that all the time, right? Because this account is told in song and prose and on canvas as well. But I think if we jump to the end, if we jump to that punchline where Mary is offering herself up to the will of God, we miss some beautiful parts of this story because there's more to this story. And yes, Mary did consent. She she consented to burying the child of God But what did she do before she got to the yes? Because we know from the passage that she was troubled, that she pondered what to do. She wrestled. She tried to understand it. She gave voice to some of her questions. And from the angel's unexpected greeting to the incredible promise of conceiving the holy child of God, Mary had much to think about. And I think about how she couldn't have had a lot to bring to that, right? What experiences could have possibly prepared you for that angel and for what he had to tell her? She had no friends or family to consult with. It was just her and the angel. She was on her own. But yet after just questioning and listening and discerning and doing some good wrestling, Mary trusts the impossible possibility She steps up and she steps in and she sees what God is going to do with the uncertainty, that he's going to redeem things as he pieces together out of the uncertainty. And she takes a risk. She takes a risk by saying yes. And what she does is she opens herself up to being vulnerable. She opens herself up to the vulnerability of stepping into something that she's not even quite certain what it's going to be about or what it's going to look like or what it, the fullness of what it could possibly mean. And what Mary does is she reminds us that God surprises us in the unknown. And Mary sees that God is making something out of all of this, that he is using this time to make something, not in spite of the time, but because it is that time. And we know that she was afraid and we know that she doubted and that she freely questioned that angel. But at the end of the day, she got to a yes. And that yes opened history to something radical and something new. And even in the waiting and in the gritty disappointment of our day-to-day lives, Mary tells us, that history shifted the moment the angel appeared. Mary tells us that everything changed when she took the risk of saying yes. And here's what happens to us and what happened to Mary when we take the risk of saying yes. It brought her great joy. 
And she experienced great hardship and discomfort and uncertainty and even grief. But she took the risk of saying yes. And I think this story is as applicable today as it was over 2,000 years ago. Because I think for some of us, it might feel like this is no time for a child to be born. This is a time that we watch our children struggle. We walk alongside those who have lost loved ones. We see suicides in our community, people wrestling with addiction and abuse and broken relationships. And we worry about things like global warming and racism and gender inequality and disease and illness and cancer and crumbling institutions and we could go on and on and often it feels like the, the bottom has fallen out of our world. It's upside down and as George Orwell said in 1984, lies are truth, war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. So what are we doing waiting for a child, the Christ child, to be born into this mess of the world? And is Engel right that this is no time for a child to be born? But I think what Mary shows us is that when powers that are most oppressive and when life appears most bleak, that that's when we go deep into our, into, in spirit. It's when we love hard and we love well and we love deeply and we take the risk of saying yes to God. And then we open ourselves up to whatever unfolds, to the next conversation, to the next thing, without even knowing what is next. And if this is no time for a child to be born, then when is it? And the message is really that love does not wait for the right time. It is a born among us whether we're ready or not. Love is carried in the faces of our children. It rides on the shoulders of our elderly as they walk into the sunset. And it spreads around the earth. And miraculously, love always takes the risk of birth. And this is what I love about it. It asks us to do something. It was the call to be love born onto this earth. To be love to every neighbor, to the tax collector and the prostitute and the griever and the addicted and the one that's despairing and the homeless. For now is the time for love to be born. And here's why. Because we have no other time. This is the time. And love is willing and still takes the risk of birth. And so maybe that's our question during this Advent season. Are we, are we willing to take that risk? Because yes, Advent is this awesome time of waiting and connecting with God and expecting and it's peace and comfort and all those beautiful things. But it's also a time of risk and courage and impossible hope. 
And there's always a risk in saying yes. There's always a risk. Madeline L'Engle in her fantastic Genesis trilogy says this. If I affirm that the universe was created by a power of love and that all creation is good, I'm not proclaiming safety. Safety was never part of the promise. Creativity, yes. Safety, no. All creativity is dangerous. To write a story or paint a picture is to risk failure. To love someone is to risk that you may not be loved in return or that love will die. But love is worth that risk, and so is birth, its fulfillment. We all realize with the birth of a child, or with any love we have in our lives, that there are times that we simply cannot control what's going to happen. And here's the thing, when we love greatly, there is always the risk of losing there is always the risk of pain. And that's true whether we're loving a partner or a friend or a parent or a child or the planet. There's always that risk. And so in this Advent, we ask the question, what love must we risk giving birth to? Because here's the deal with Advent. We're asked to remember not only the risk of his birth, but the call to let love risk being born in each and every one of us. That's why I think incarnation is a messy business. Anytime we try to follow in its footsteps, to bring something new or good or holy or beautiful into this world, we're stepping into dangerous territory. And the illusion somehow of safety and certainty and comfort is just that. It's an illusion. And yet, if all of us are called to be God-bearers in our own small, broken, stumbling ways, if we can look to Mary and we can look how this poor how this brave, strong woman, if she could do it, certainly we could do it as well. Because life is not ultimately about what we want or what we plan or what we're thinking that we're going to do. It's taking the risk to say yes and embracing what goes along with it. It's the courage it's the courage to stand in the uncertainty, trusting that the time is now. You know, a year and a half ago, and many of you know this story, my sister died in our home. And simultaneously, simultaneously, my son Sam and his wife Jenny were having their first baby, our first grandchild. And I have to tell you that as my sister Leslie was dying, we were all thinking, this is not a time for this baby to be born. We didn't want that tied with her death. It didn't feel right. But it was. Because as Leslie had one foot here on earth and was on her way into heaven, Soren was on his way here to earth. 
And we were able to capture the holiness of that, the fullness of the life, not our plan, but God's. And it was a beautiful thing. I was telling Matt earlier, I wrestled a little bit whether to share this or not, because it's intimate. I want to warn you guys about that. It's appropriate, but intimate. <laughs> but, um, but you guys are my family, and you've been on the journey with me. And I think it's a beautiful reminder of that it's always the time for love to be born. Patty, could you show that, please? I've walked among the shadows, you wiped my tears away. And I felt the pain of heartbreak, and I've seen the brighter days. And I've prayed prayers to heaven from my lowest place. And I have held your blessings, God, you give and take away. No matter what I have, your grace is enough. No matter where I am, I'm standing in your love. On the mountains, I will bow my life to the one who sent me there. In the valley, I will lift my eyes to the one who sees me there. When I'm standing on the mountain, I didn't get there on my own. When I'm walking through the valley, I know I am not alone. Your God of the My dreams get broken In you I hope again No matter what I know I'm safe inside your hands On the mountains I will bow my life To the one who set me there In the valley I will lift my eyes To the one who sees me there When I'm standing on the mountain I didn't get there on my own When I'm walking kind of love that has risk, risk to our hearts and risk to our soul, but it's the kind of love we're called to choose. And here's the beauty, friends. We're not alone in it. We have each other to walk this walk with. We're accompanied by one another and we'll be accompanied by God who chooses it anyway with us. So my prayer for us today and in the days ahead and the weeks ahead and the month is this. 
no matter what it is, take the risk of saying yes. Step into it. Take the risk of birth. Take the risk of love because it's so worth it. It's so full and beautiful and holy. And I think we can listen to the words of that angel. Do not be afraid because you are not alone. We are not alone. Let me pray. Holy and gracious God, we come together and we are yours. And God, we pray that we can be people that say yes when you call. We pray that through your spirit we can have the courage to step into the unknown and step into things, not, not just so that we might see you, although that's a beautiful thing, God, but so that we might make this world a better place, that we might do it arm in arm, that we might help with the healing of this world. God, we thank you for this Advent season and what it means and the joy it brings and the peace and the comfort. But most of all, we thank you that you ask us into it. Give us the courage to risk the yes. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Debbie. Advent is that messy reminder, that invitation to remember the old story about God going from, from, from power to poverty, from big to breakable. And there's something in the text that you read, Debbie, the idea that the place in which it all unfolds is the land where the angels all leave where the protection seems to disappear. And I think we've seen enough loss inside of this room. We've said goodbye to enough loved ones to know that that is very true. That is exactly where we are. And yet the invitation that God puts out towards us is to recognize that breakable is the only way for the beauty to come forward. And so as followers of Jesus, we gather in this room on Sunday nights and we remember that behind every good gift is a broken body. Behind every good gift, there is blood that has been shed. And that good gift is from that night when Jesus was on the precipice of his final time here on earth. And he gathered with his friends in a small room and he took the bread that was sitting on the center of the table. He said, gentlemen, this is my body and it's broken for you. Whenever you eat this bread, think about me. And then he reached for the bottle of wine and he poured himself a glass and he lifted it up and he said, and this here, this is my blood, the blood of the new covenant. Whenever you drink from this cup, remember me. Remember how this body actually works. It loves deeply even though it means it's gonna be open to the wounds that are gonna come. How we take our partake in this tradition here at the table is we will have gluten-free elements down here on the sides, gluten-full elements to the left and to the right. And you can come up whenever you feel ready, if you feel ready, there's no pressure, your choice. Prior to us doing that though, um, let's stand and say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.